There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. What? You're doing your own music. I do actually have some breaking news, I think, ish. Which is a new tea towel from Nikki Haslam. One of our favourite things. Even more things Nikki Haslam finds common. Should I read my, some of my favourite ones? When you say breaking news? Yeah. Well, Simon Conway just sent a picture of it to me. And Simon Conway is actually a very, very like on it with kind of news and stuff. Did we do the things he finds common? We did, didn't we? Did we We've did done it? the things he... Thing, there, I think this is now the third or perhaps fourth tea towel he's done. This is the fourth one. But the, th- one, the third one which I wrote about, that was, we, did, we podded that, didn't we? We podded that as well. But just as a kind of, yeah, you know... Fine, just let Nikki funny. Haslam get some laughs for us. Even more things Nikki Haslam finds common, I think the ones I like the most are... Long pauses by radio presenters. Um, Painted s- fingernails. Saying us instead of us. I like that one a lot. Uh, loud laughter. I've got, the, <laughs> I've got the loudest laugh in the world, yeah. so I've got to stop doing that. Nikki, think you're Soho House. Which is, which is, yeah. That's very funny. Swimming with dolphins, excellent. If you haven't got a posh house of your own, you have to go to Soho House. Show me them. Across the pond. <laughs> yes, but the across the pond is just, that's a horrible journalist. Across the pond. Uh, gosh, he's, he's looking like George Orwell at the moment. Um, baby, yeah, baby showers, being teetotal. Being teetotal. Absolutely. Assouline, what is that? Well, I, the only thing I can think of Asuline is Roxanne Asuline, who's a designer, but he can't possibly mean Roxanne Asuline. You see signs around. I think it's a designer. I just think it's funny because it's Asuline. Asuline. Yeah. Well, no, she's an she's American designer. Drag. Does... That's funny. Richard Osmond. Vegetables from our garden. Which is, we are so, we are very guilty. Jiggling your knee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. people who jiggle their knee. It's interesting. And he thinks it's common because normally it's, he thinks things that are border on middle class are common. Whereas I think jiggling your knee is like well common. Like it's right down. Jiggling right. your knee. If people are too thick, they, or they're so stupid that their brain doesn't sort of turn over, so they can't be sure they're alive unless they jiggle their foot mm-hmm. because thinking doesn't really happen. Is that right? Celebrity ambassadors, award ceremonies. Hmm. He's always. He's just always. Or do you suggest that I would do another? No, I'm not suggesting not for your columns, just for general amusement. We very rarely break any stories. Well, and I'm not even sure that I've broken this story. I think probably lots of people on Instagram have seen this before they'll hear it on the on the podcast. Did you see that the person who won the Oldie of the Year, so it was a story that the Queen turned down the Oldie of the Year award, which I was invited to yesterday and didn't go because you and I wanted to have lunch. Amazing, amazing PR move. So the, the two people who turned down the, uh, the Oldie lunch were me and the Queen. Although I do like the Oldie and Camilla went. Uh, but they said the person who they did give it to was Leslie Caron. 
And Nikki invited me, Nikki Haslam invited me to go and have Bloody Marys with, with Leslie Caron. My about two me. months ago, and we couldn't been, go because we weren't in the country. It could have been another oldie scoop. It could. I think we've gone down a blind alley with this one. Okay. I'm not sure he's even got a pre-title. You mentioned, you mentioned a very, very good story, which is the Queen turned down the Oldie of the Year Award because she's too young. Yes. So obviously, obviously your column is, how do you know when you're actually old? Ew. <laughs> <laughs> um, well. One. One can always tell. Yes. One is old because one, one, one's morning boner. It's not as firm as it was in the days, <laughs> the glorious days of the Commonwealth. Also, I have to get up nine times in the night to have a fucking pee. <laughs> uh, so how do you know if you're really old? You, uh, you wrote, a, for our, not for your column, but when we were doing uh, Staying at Home with the Corrins in the magazine, you wrote, you wrote about being old. Did I? Yeah, you wrote about how lockdowns made you old. Oh, yeah. And that was very good. You could eviscerate that, even though I know you probably... Eviscerate it? Yeah. Tear its guts out? Yeah, I mean, like, pick, pick, pick bits from the inside and gotta like recycle it I know you're a bit short on time at the moment what with all your filming and writing and broadcasting do you know I've realised that the last nine intros I've written to columns is how busy I am I'm sorry this column's a bit shit but I'm so busy imagine what it's like living with you telling me that all the time people have to pay to read me complaining that I'm too busy to do this there's other things in there that they pay for there's nothing more boring than people who claim to be busy all the time yes and that's you is it? yes well actually about about eight years ago I screamed at you in this very kitchen stop telling me how busy you are and you've done it a lot less ever since. But for example, I would say something like, what do you want for dinner? And you'd literally like smack your face with both hands and say, how can you expect me to answer a question like that when I'm alive and I've got I did I've that this very morning. Do? I did that this very morning. I just don't know. I don't know. I've got to finish that restaurant. I've got to go upstairs and get cherry juice. I've got to go upstairs and get Sorry, cherry juice. Sorry, I've got to go up the, up the road to the shops and get cherry juice. Oh, yes. Why How do you, do you know you're old? What? Yes. Mm, so this is interesting, isn't it? What, the cherry juice? Why do you have to go up the road to the greengrocers to get cherry juice? I don't know. Uh, do you know why, Ben? Can you guess? Look. Ben, what? Can you guess? What complaint? Don't, don't give me any clues. Don't give me any clues. But why, Ben, have I got a thing of cherry juice? And it's not cystitis. No, my vag is moist as you like. You, it's cranberry juice you have with oh it. Oh, God, you're, you're the, is that la- not- the lack of information both of you have about how female... Jingy jingy work. Sorvage? What is, what is cystitis then? Sorvage. What is it? It's like a lack um, of. I absolutely definitely know what it is. It's like cystitis burning. Is, you don't know, do you? It's when it hurts to wee. I do. So it's, it's like a, gonorrhea. No, no, it's a, it's a urinary tract infection. It's got nothing to do with moistness. <laughs> <laughs> Moisturosity. Uh, and, and, Jenny, and it's cranberry or... juice, not cherry juice. You're supposed to be a married man. You're supposed to know these things. Why? Do you know what the cherry juice is for? It genuinely works to cure a complaint that I have, which I may, be- I believe, has never been raised on this podcast before. I am a sufferer from gout. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Fuck off. Sorry. First of all, Nicky Haslam says that loud laughter mm. is common, and he's right. Oh my god, he is so but, right. Uh, so I've had. So if one of my reasons is I'm, I'm also busy, but I'm also struggling from gout. And I got an attack of gout a week ago, just before travelling to the UAE to, to, to film my show. And I haven't had an attack for about two years. And it's your, you get it in the joint at the base of your big toe and it's inflamed and it's really painful to walk. And it's because I've got high levels of uric acid, which I discovered when I was doing a supersizer show with Sue 15 years ago. And I went to have these sort of pre-tests and he said, oh, you've got very high, this quack in Harley Street, put a high propensity for, to, to gout. And he said, it's 400 parts, but you're basically running on piss. 
so I've got lots of uric acid. Which uh, makes perfect sense to anyone who knows you well. And what happens is that it, it crystallises in the joints and causes great pain. And it's you, 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 uh, the way in the path that I've managed to get rid of it was to drink lots of water to try and dilute the piss crystals between my joints and uh, and also you drink loads of cherry juice and take loads of aspirin but I went to the film in the UAE to the desert well you just s- sweated for a week sweat and you dehydrate so that you're basically your 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 pee at whatever time of the day is 50 degrees in the in the shade why aren't you more brown because it was too hot to sit it's in too the hot sun. to sit outside and mm. it's sort of weird evil sun that doesn't make you go brown oh God, it is weird because really? I, I did sunbathe a bit um it's but, weird evil sun that doesn't make, doesn't make you go brown yeah. Strange. it's very weird um and uh and so, and your your pee is always brown because you're so dehydrated anyway. So I got really bad gout. So I bought lots of cherry juice. I could write about that. You want to write about your gout again? If I didn't have it before. Uh, Labour shortages. Okay, so we were, we're missing fruit pickers. So I, I did that literally a fortnight ago. What? Did you? I literally did. Um, I can't remember, but did I you? did. It was like really sure? popular. It was two weeks ago. It was a, I did I did the shortages thing. It was you? no, you didn't. You did a burglars thing. No, the week before. Did I not read your? Co- oh my god, did I not read your column? What was your point? There's never a point. Okay, there's another story here. What, what you about do? you do a story? What Sorry. about what about the one that I saw this morning about Facebook rebranding as the Metaverse? Oh, is that what that story is? I have heard Metaverse being. Do you know what a Metaverse is? Um, is it like no? I don't know. Um, it doesn't sound like anything good, I've got to say. It sounds well, it's, what it does sound to most people is it sounds like something out of a Marvel comic. It sounds like alternative well, so, universes. Spider-Man, the, Spider-Man into the multiverse, that's yes, what I exactly. think of. Uh, Which was a brilliant film and I enjoyed it very much, but I don't really want... Like, exactly. So, so the, the word metaverse is made up of the prefix meta, meaning beyond, I think we know that, and the stem verse, blah, blah, blah. The term is typically used to describe the concept of a future liberation, sorry, the future iteration of the internet made up of a persistent shared 3D virtual space linked into a perceived virtual universe. The metaverse, in a broader sense, may not only refer to virtual wor- world, but the internet as a whole, including the entire spectrum of augmented reality. So Zuckerberg is saying... We're going to Facebook. Facebook it needs to be rebranded. Facebook. Facebook. I think Facebook. <laughs> uh, title of my next novel. Um, yeah. Okay. Facebook. Do you know? There's nothing funny to say about it apart from Facebook. Facebook. He's going to rebrand Facebook. With Facebook. First of all, it just sounds like it's something from from like it's from Warwickshire. We've got like you've got, you got on a Facebook. No, it's like it's the it's but no yeah and Facebook is obviously for the Burks. Facebook is how you get it's it's um it's like dating app for Burks. Yeah. So that's not very funny. But it's like but there's also oh I don't know. There'll be more from Esther and me in our kitchen after a short interlude. But to find out what I wrote about in the end, why not pick up a subscription to the Times and the Sunday Times and enjoy one month absolutely free. Just search thetimes.co.uk forward slash Giles Corrin has no idea. I've been promised that this will take you to an amazing offer, rather than just a website created by Ben randomly containing all my broadcasting mistakes. Although I'm sure that exists somewhere, it's just going to be up to you to find it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Did you see a thing about names and babies' names? I did. And did you see the thing about how there are how the, the names Carol and Nigel officially don't, no pe- longer exist? There's more people called Penis than there, or, or something yeah. than there are called Nigel. Okay. How many is it? There's more people called what? It has to be fewer than three babies registered with a name for it to be functionally non-existent. There are more Lucifers. I thought not That's Penises. Right. Okay, but how? But how about the name Giles? You've always been. You're always super funny about. The trials and tribulations of being called Giles. Oh, you mean I should get out one of my old columns about being called Giles exactly. and just revivify it? What was your the, word the you guy, said? Guy, eviscerate it. Eviscerate an old column. It's like that guy on the street who used to call you Grant because <laughs> you couldn't really cope. Have I never told that story. The old Don, the electrician who lived next door to me when I first moved into this road. Uh, this road, which is a road which is, it's a, been subject to semi gentrification. It's a changing road in sort of old fashioned white working class Kentish town. Uh, and it's got posher, but it's still got a lot of council houses on it. And it had more when I, when I lived here. And next door was, was Don, Don the Sparks. And uh, and the first time I met him, it was in 1993, I'd moved in. He came around and said, hey, good, good morning. Uh, you know, you're new here. Do come around a cup of tea? And I went around for a cup of tea. He said, I'm Don. I'm a Sparks. And I, and I, I phoned up my dad and said, Daddy, the man <laughs> next door says he's a Sparks. What does that mean? And my father, who grew up in a very poor area, said, it means he's an electrician's son. I went, oh, really? Do you think he can come around and bend my lights? And anyway, I went around and said, all right, Don. And, and uh, I, Don, I'm Giles. And he said, all right, Grant, nice to meet you. <laughs> and I went... Yeah, no, it's Giles. All right, Grant. Fine. I and then I heard, I heard him do this. Heard I heard him on the street go, all right, Grant. All right, Grant. And I'd walk around. And, say, all right, Grant. Grant. and in those days, I would have lots of people come back to my house after the pub and would be sort of sitting around and mine sort of having a few drinks. And then people would go. And I, because I, was, I went into a side passage to the house, I used to walk them out onto the street and stand there sort of smoking a ciggy and sort of chatting to my, my friends, either from Westminster or Oxford or possibly the Times, standing in the street. And then Don would come tottering up the road with his dog, Killer, uh, on, on a cheap. He wasn't called Killer. And Don was a lovely man. He'd come, come back from the tally ho where he used to which is a pub that doesn't exist anymore. And Don used to come, have his tea uh, at five o'clock every day and go down and drink seven pints of the Tally Ho and come tottering back singing My Old Man's a Dustman and, uh, <laughs> with his dog on the chain. And, uh, and, he, and I'd be standing out there sort of smoking a cigarette with, with you know, someone called Tarquin who was at my college at Oxford. Yeah. Uh, and Don would go, uh, evening, Grant. <laughs> and I'd go, evening, Don. And my friend Quentin would go, when we just called you? Yeah, yeah, this is a long story. Uh, and, um, and it even happened, it even happened when my sister, who was already then quite famous, was, was sort of, I was showing her out of the door and um, Don came tottering back and said, uh, oh, evening, Grant. 
And I muttered to my sister, um, he's coming up, he thinks I'm called Grant, okay? So just don't, when he says something, don't say anything. And, uh, and he went, hello, Grant. I, I went, hello, Don, he went, hello, Grant. Uh, and then my sister went, hello, I'm Grant's sister, Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> and he went, he went, hello, Grant's sister. And there was, and eventually, eventually someone, some, one of my mates said, why do you, he, why is he calling you Grant? I said, look, Don, he kept calling me Giles, whoever it was. So saying, bye, Giles, see you later. I went, bye. Yes, yeah. And he went away and Don said, why is that bloke calling you Giles? <laughs> and I said, oh, it's, it's interesting because I've got two names. I've, I'm called, <laughs> I'm called Grant Giles. And like when I was at uh, <laughs> university, people used to call me Giles, but it's reverted to Grant. All right, all right night, Grant. Uh, and then Don went and, and then Don, Don has, had uh, sadly died. And, and I'm very sad that he died, and he was a lovely and wonderful man. But there is now nobody left in the world who, who thinks I'm called Grant. Mm. So it's sort of simplified, a bit like the multiverse, uh, yeah. which is what they have to do to kill off superheroes. You no longer have to be Grant. You can just no be Giles. But no, and what I realised was that, and it's a whole wider point about gentrification, which uh, is that when I moved in, I was the first, one of the first posh people to move into. Uh, well, Roger Lloyd Pack was already here, but he's not that famous. Not that posh. So I was one of the first people, to, posh, sort of poshos, to buy a flat and move in here. And when I introduced myself to Don as Giles, he just thought, he can't have said that. Yeah. He can't have said Giles. Nobody's called Giles. He must have said Grant. <laughs> yeah. And every time I said Giles, he just went, he must have said Grant. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but, then, but then there's all sorts of other funny stuff about being called Giles. Like when you went to play snooker and you wrote your name down as Charles no you didn't not write, Charles all right, you wrote no your- Charles was when I would when I was sort of 17 and just going out to the pubs in London and uh, you'd be chatting to someone like you'd trying to chat to a girl or something and she'd go what's your name love and you go it's Giles Charles no Charles Charles <laughs> no it's Giles Giles <laughs> Charles and eventually you go I'm really not getting laid here this is not happening I, yeah. and you go yeah okay it's Charles no 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 However, at other times pubs down in Camden or Archway where I used to go and play pool where there's a chalkboard <laughs> So everyone writes their name up on the chalkboard to get on the table, and you play for money. And I was quite good. And you'd put your you put your money on the table, put a fiver on the table or a tenner on the table, and then you play for the money. And you'd put your name up if you were next uh, on the on the list. And I remember going over the first time I went over, and it, and it sort of said Kev, Bill, <laughs> Knuckles, and then I'd write Giles. And so I just used to write Steve. Right. Um, but I, that, that also happens now um, with um, in Starbucks. I don't yeah. go that often, but they ask you your name for the coffee, uh, and they, they put it at the end, and they write it on the thing, and they go, "What's your name?" And I go, "Giles," and they go, "What? What? Chai? Char? Yeah. Yeah. yeah?" And they go, "I say, well, it's like it's a oh, Giles, yeah, no, it, yeah, it's Giles." He said, "Can you just put Bob?" Yeah. Uh, and then they write Bob on the thing, and then you're standing there and wondering, "Where's my fucking coffee?" And you hear someone going, "Bob, Bob, Bob Bob's coffee," and you go, "Well, no one's called Bob, Bob either. No one's hmm? called Bob either. But really, no one's called Esther." Yeah, and no one's called Giles. And Esther, I cannot think. I mean, Esther is very popular in certain communities, mm-hmm. um, but Esther is not ever going to catch on as a kind of wider, wider name. It's just not. Esther's just not a cute name. But things go in the, in the, in circles. My, my sister called her daughter Barbara largely because she felt no one else is called Barbara because yeah. it's from an era that doesn't work yet. Uh, she arrived at school and there are other Barbaras. No, no, I think Barbara remains, you know, but Barbara will appear at some point. I was noticing just funny because I'm noticing Muhammad at five. And my very first thought when I saw that was, oh, that's nice. Because inter- people are so integrated that kids have started, people have started calling their kids Muhammad. Until I realised, obviously, this Muslim kid, people who are calling their yeah. kids Muhammad. But I just suddenly thought it was catching on in a sort of fashionable <laughs> way. I also noticed, interestingly, that there are no, no Muhammad is there, it's like a solid name. Lots of Muslim kids called, called Muhammad. So it, it's going like, to always be there while 
the Noahs and the Arthurs and the Harrys and the Archies are kind of circulating around it. There isn't an equivalent name in the girls' list. The girls' lists are all soppy. Olivia, Amelia, Isla, Ava, Mia, Ivy, Lily, Isabella, Rosie and Sophia. That is ten Edwardian prostitutes. Yeah. But no Kitty. Yes. Much Ado on TikTok for Best of the Bard. All the... Oh, don't, I can't bear to read out the intro, but um, it's it's the... What is it? It's the 400th anniversary of the publication of um, the first folio. Uh, and uh, which is the first collection of all the 36 plays apart from Pericles, I think, which is the 37th. Uh, and the RSC is celebrating it. Um, no doubt the RSC says it's acting artistic director Erica Wyman... Uh, sister of Bill? Probably not. Um, well, so no doubt the RSC and our partner theatres will pick up, will pick some of these stories up and produce fully. But there will be online manifestations. There may be plays for TikTok. Shakespeare on TikTok. Yeah, if you actually knew anything about TikTok, then I thought you were going to say Shakespeare. I know about Shakespeare. Yeah, I know. TikTok is where oh no, bougie oh. girls dance. It's that thing. There's nothing on it except people doing the same dance. Is that right? Everyone's walking along and they suddenly stop and then they all do a dance move. I I I am I no longer visit Instagram or TikTok, so I, I'm not I'm quite. I look at those Instagram reels and it's just. It's just they, they, there's nothing else about TikTok. Dancing, yeah. And everyone says it's the most influential thing in the whole world. And the reason that Squid Game is the biggest show in the world is because of TikTok and stuff. But really, it's synchronised dancing. There's a lot of synchronised dancing, yeah. So, like, how would you put Shakespeare on TikTok? Would you have, like, the special Pericles dance and the Hamlet dance? Well, I mean, how would you incorporate the... the, the lo- I mean, I wonder how you would incorporate the... Endlessly of- describing small 15-second dances in the newspaper could be boring, you say. Well, no, I... Um- I just what dance would you do for Hamlet? <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. So Shakespeare TikTok plays not funny because the whole thing is TikTok is only TikTok, and I can't write a column. It's eating itself a little bit about describing a dance that I did to. Well, you'd have to actually look at have these actually been have these. Plays I don't been, know. Well, have the plays actually been translated onto TikTok yet? I've just written Shakespeare on TikTok slash social. I just can't. I re- I just I just can't stand the thing when they go, you know, Shakespeare plays in a tweet or redu- yeah. I mean, the, the reduced Shakespeare company was very funny. I never mm. saw it, but I saw some of it, and it was. It's just like, look, the whole point of like Ulysses, which I've never read by the way, or all of Shakespeare, most of which I haven't read either, is that it's quite complicated and long, and you have to pay attention to it. But you've why? seen a lot of TikTok. That's why we come together because I've read the whole of literature. And you've diddled about on TikTok. No, but I, but, but it, just, I, it just makes Okay, me, fine. Speaking of Ulysses. So cringy. Speaking of Ulysses. Actual, Have you read Ulysses? Yes. No, you haven't. Stately, plump, buck mulligan. What? And those are the first four words. Oh, really? And the last words is, yes, I said, yes, yes. Oh, that's, that, I know that. And all the words in between, I may or may not have read. <laughs> no, I did, I did. I <laughs> but forgot. who's going to test you on Easter it? 1991. Easter holidays, six weeks. You read Ulysses. Everyone else went away and sort of did drugs and had sex and went on holiday. Yeah. And I read Ulysses every last and word. So, and you were going to... Um, I'm going to fucking turn it to, I'm going to turn it to turn account. It to now, exactly. with this story in the Times, I really did read it. And parts of it are good, but it's long. It's so lost in all the other bits of it that aren't good. Real Life Watch from Ulysses chimes with Joyce fans. Fantastic work there from the subs uh, to come up with that headline. 
First, it was Winnie the Pooh's Poo Sticks Bridge. Remember, that was sold yeah. for like a lot, like £125,000. Did it some, go to America? No, it went to some crazy toff in England, which is yeah. fine, who reconstructed it, and it's the first bridge that Poo Sticks was played on. The 18-carat gold pocket watch, and you thought, wait a minute, it's a novel. How yeah. can there be a the watch from it? But, no, but there was a real... Um, the, the watch was owned by John O'Connor, and he appears in the book along with his watch. It's, it's to be sold at an upper estimate of £80,000. So Leopold Bloom, you'll be aware, spends a day yeah, walking around, around Dublin. Dublin yeah. So does Stephen Dedalus and their paths sort right. of cross. And it's real Dublin and real people are mentioned in it. Okay, right. Um, so he was the superintendent of Dublin's, I can't pronounce it, Glasnevin. Or whatever, Dublin, you know. Glasnevin, that's mm. Scottish. Shut up, Charles. Cut that bit out. <laughs> Dublin, how, I don't know. Anyway, Glasnevin Cemetery. He makes an appearance in Ulysses. Um, and so this watch is mentioned in Ulysses, so they're going to spend £80,000. And it says here in the Times... dug up his watch. Someone's dug up his watch. And just could flung it in an and it, house and, and it says sell the, that. The forthcoming sale at Bonhams may be seen as confirming a new trend of sales of real objects from the world of fiction. Okay. That's right. what we call... Someone out there thought I might have a column to write this week. And he wrote the sentence, a trend of sales of real objects from the world of fiction real, so, real objects from the world of fiction makes me think that Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook <laughs> multiverse in the 3D metasphere is here sorry but look it's, uh, I've thought of, I, are you going to put the two together no, no I'm going to do the. But I'm going to be the auctioneer Okay. So it's like it's right, an auction, right, right. and it's it's, ladies and gentlemen, okay, lot you, one. Right. Is this a dagger I seen before me? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, yeah. it is. <laughs> and your first lot for one hundred and fifty thousand pounds is the very dagger from Macbeth, the one that appears right here. Pass it round, ladies and gentlemen. Lovely gold encrusted thing with a t- you know that kind of thing. Do I hear fifty? Do I hear seventy? Mister Macduff in the corner. Is that bank? Oh, it's a ghost. Uh, stuff like that. Joking. Oh dear. Oh my God. Yes, I think that's going to work. Do you think that's going to work. Okay, we need to ob- what objects? Okay, what, I, I'm, what, I'm, so, what so, fun objects? Yes, exactly. Your Yorick Skull. Alas, poor Yorick. I knew him well. I'm going to sell you Yorick Skull for £150,000. Starting whatever. I thought about the, the handkerchief that Othello gives to Desdemona that she drops and it ends up being the whole... That's right. It's covered in... Lovely. Covered in strawberries. Yes. Could make you... I don't know. Other ones that... They're, 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 I mean, I thought that I had some other ones. What about all the... Uh, all Cinderella's the... pumpkin carriage. No. That doesn't work because it's magic. Oh. No, but it's a nice thought. Glass slipper. But I mean, that's a fairy tale. I love how when you're racking your brain for some major literature, you come up with Cinderella. (laughs) It's just a cartoon version with mice in it. Um, How about Oliver Twist porridge bowl? Bit of porridge left inside. But wait, 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 wait. This is melting my brain. This is frying my noodle. These are fictional things. Yes. Because fiction is fiction and you can't really buy the things. And my wider point, do you want to know what my wider point is? My wider point is that, you know my relative contempt for art. I mean, not for the not for the conception and the, well, my contempt for art. It's not the conception and the execution of art that upsets me. It's the fact that it's just a way for Russian billionaires and billionaires of all stripes to launder their money. You go to an art party at um, right. you know the Louvre, and it's all people head to toe Chanel, uh, and, the, and these gangsters moles. And what's it? That that, that Roman Abramovich's girlfriend, the art collector Zukadolajnikov or whatever she's called. You know, they're not actually art collectors. They're people with billions of pounds. Oh, this is nice. Look good on wall. I buy how much? Ten million. You know, and this is what art has become and people 
Art is a thing that people can own. It's all massively commodified, all that Damien has. And the thing about literature is for the, so frustrating for these thick bastards with billions of pounds. They can't own literature. They buy the folios. People yeah. like that. You said, we were just talking about Shakespeare's folio. People will buy, I, I buy first edition. How much? It's only 25 grand. What is point? I want expensive. I want Bible. I want copy of Bible. They want, like, they want, they're not all Russians. They could be other things. But if I do other accents, it might be a bit sort of xenophobic, whereas Russians, who cares? Um, and so they, they, but so they want to, I, I want to buy Degger from Macbeth. I I want to buy. I want to buy train the Ranova and the Karenina. I want to buy actual thing. I want to buy. I want to buy what else example? <laughs> they don't have to be what Russian. else example? Other um, well, it's interesting you say that. There's a, James Marriott wrote a very good piece uh, a couple of months ago about how he used to work in an antique book dealer's yes. place, and about how the pe- people who want to buy antique yeah. books aren't actually interested in in, in in books or literature or reading. That's why I faintly look down and despise people who fetishise the book in any form that isn't on. I think if you're really interested in books and you really like reading, you have a Kindle. People are like, oh, I like the feel and the smell of the book. Like, Bleh. That yes. means you actually, you just want to go, oh, look, I can read. Look at all my books. Look at my shop. Look, look, or by my bed. Look at all these books that I can read. Yeah. Get a Kindle. Yeah. Anyone who really loves reading has a Kindle. Oh. Oh no, the ones who I love. Oh, I love the smell of a I book. Yes, mate. You've put what you smelt war and peace out of you. I fucking read it, you wanker. <laughs> You've been listening to Giles Corran has no idea with me, Giles Corran, and me, Esther Walker. It's a Wireless Studios production for the Times, produced by Ben Mitchell. You can listen to us on the Times Radio app or download from wherever you get your podcasts. To find out what I wrote about in the end, you can pick up a copy of The Times or get a digital subscription. And by searching thetimes.co.uk forward slash Giles Corran has no idea, you can access a special offer just for you. And for the full live experience, tune into my show on Times Radio every Friday from 1 till 4. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.